0: All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug and we are here digging deeper into the Word of God, this week looking at one of those truly odd passages of the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, where we have the war that ha- that arises in heaven between Michael and the devil. And people wonder, okay, well, how, how does this work? Because... The devil's been thrown out already. Well, there is a couple of different answers to this. You have the praetorist answer that all these things happened beforehand. So this is way back when Satan was first kicked out of the garden. That will be the historical, that this has already happened idea. Otherwise, it is the idea that throughout the scriptures, we have the promises of a new heavens and a new earth. Why? Because as we see in the first two chapters of the book of Job and here in Revelation 12, we have Satan being able to be back in heaven right now. He's able to come in. And how that works, I don't don't even pretend to understand. I just have this where we have God and Satan talking in Job chapters 1 and 2. And then we have here this war in heaven between Michael and his angels and the dragon and his angels. And again, how that works, nobody really knows. And I don't know that anybody this side of heaven is going to figure it out either. But let's look at the text. It's really short this week, starting in verse 7 of Revelation chapter 12. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven and the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. All right, so we had last week in the picture of the dragon that his tail took down a third of the stars, being you know, right around a third of the angels that were in heaven followed after the dragon. Now, we can't make a good number on that. We can't even make sure that We have literally a third of them, but it is a sizable minority of the angels that follow after the dragon. And so they come back and they fight against Michael and his angels. Dr. Brighton says in his commentary, in Daniel, Michael appears as the guardian and patron angel of Israel, Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, verse 21, and then chapter 12, verse 1. He is called one of the chief princes of God's angels, Daniel 13. Or 10:13 and 10:21, in Daniel 12:1, Michael is the protector of God's people who will come to their aid in the end times of suffering. In Jude 9, Michael is called the archangel, and when Satan disputed with him about the body of Moses, he protected Moses' body by saying, "The Lord rebuke you." This tradition of the status of Michael as the great archangel was inherited by the church. However, in some Christian writings, the roles of Michael and Christ are confused because Michael is given an excessively elevated status, and this confusion persists among some scholars today. And that is very true. There are many who, among the <clears throat> among the Mormons, among the Jehovah's Witnesses, among the Muslims, who do believe that Michael and Christ are the same person, so that... We have all of these different ways of figuring out how, especially among the Jehovah's Witnesses, how Jesus can be close to God, but not man, following after Arius, that he is just the greatest of all creations. So also, this gives them the role into Michael, because Michael is the one who's supposed to be the great protector at the end. But again, what we have in the scriptures is Michael is one of the angels, one of the chief protectors, given assignment to look over God's people. And he is only mentioned in three places Daniel chapters 10 and 12, Jude verse 7 or verse 9, and here in Revelation. Those are the three times that he is mentioned. So we don't have very much to go on other than what these passages say. All right, so. The dragon comes in with his angels, fighting against Michael and the good angels, but the dragon was defeated, verse 8, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. Ecumenius tells us, the vision that is to explain the events concerning the Antichrist refers to a beginning earlier than the beginning just described. This earlier beginning is the fall of Satan from heaven. The Holy Scripture says that Satan exalted himself against God. That is, he lifted up a stiff and insolent neck to him and devised an apostasy. Although God, who is by nature good and forbearing, was patient with him, the holy angels did not tolerate the arrogance of their master and banished him from their ranks. This passage speaks of this event. Michael, one of the great leaders of the angels, made war against Satan and his followers, and Satan did not prevail in this war against him. So, Ecumenius is one of those praetorists that believe that this happened way back in the beginning, after the beginning, between chapters 2 and 3 of Genesis. Promasius in the mid-6th century says, We must not think that the devil and his angels dared to fight in heaven, since he could not even tempt Job without God's permission. Rather, by heaven, he quite manifestly indicates the church, where each one of the faithful constantly contends against spiritual evils. Therefore, the apostle says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers and against the world rulers of the present darkness, Ephesians 6:12. And so he says here that Michael with his angels fights against the devil, because by praying according to the will of God for the church in this world, and by granting her his aid, he is properly understood to be fighting for her. The devil and his angels are not only those who are similar to him in nature and will. They are also men who, after being caught in his traps, become pursuers of such evil things. Indeed, because of the qualities of his will, it is said about the devil, an evil man has done this, Matthew 13:28. and about Judas, one of you is a devil, John 6:70. So Promasius has more of an idealistic idea that heaven here is the church and this is all being fought out as you and I go about the temptations and tribulations and trials of this world that it is the angels of God who are trying to protect us and lead us to the scripture by praying for us while the devil and his angels seek to make us fall because well if the devil is going to hell he wants to drag as many of us with him as possible That is how he wants to get rid of God's good creation. And so after the dragon is defeated, the great dragon was thrown down, verse 9, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Now we have this purposeful identification of the dragon being the devil. John wants to make no bones about this, that This is the same devil that was there in the Garden of Eden. This is the same devil that has tempted every single generation of humanity from the beginning in Adam and Eve all the way until the last day. But he is not the only one because he has many minions, not only the angels but also the people who follow after him. St. John says in his second epistle, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the Antichrist. So, when John, who is the one who talks about the Antichrist as it, I mean, he is the only one who talks about the Antichrist and uses that word. So, when we talk about the Antichrist, we are having to talk about John's epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, as well as Revelation. And it is anyone who is who goes out saying that Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh. Now, I've got a long section from Dr. Brighton here on this verse because he has a lot to say about this. And this is going to take up most of the rest of our time in this podcast this week. While Christ's birth, death, and resurrection established peace between God in heaven and humanity on earth, That peace is now being contested by evil spiritual powers in heavenly realms who seek to sever the peace between God and people achieved by Christ. The warfare in heaven must be interpreted as a spiritual struggle in which the dragon attempts to displace the Christ child, the victorious lamb who was slain, in order to establish himself again in the presence of God as the prince of the angels and as the one who has dominion over humanity on earth and specifically as the one who has the authority to stand before God and accuse people for their sins. It is a war, so to speak, of words, the words which Satan accused God's saints of their sins, such as in Job chapters 1 and 2 and Zechariah 3 verses 1 through 5. With these words, Satan claimed that he, not the Christ, truthfully represented the saints before God's heavenly throne. This warfare, though of words, is deadly serious, for if Satan's accusations were validated in the heavenly court, then God's justice would require him to deny even his own people because of their sins. But for that to happen, God would have to deny the claim of his own son to be the rightful representative and advocate for God's people. This war, this casting of Satan out of heaven, took place as a result of Christ's victory and at his ascension in session at the right hand of God. See chapter 5 of Revelation there was no room for two opposing advocates, each claiming to be the rightful representative of sinful humanity. Now dethroned from his seat in the council of angels, see Job 1.6 and Zechariah 3.1, the dragon could never again appear before God. As a result of Christ's victory on the cross and his public vindication over the dragon at his ascension and exaltation, there was no longer any room in heaven for the accuser. The dragon had to be thrown out of heaven for... Christ's vicarious atonement and justification of the saints made Satan's accusations false, lies, and an offense against God's gracious justice in Christ. Once Christ was elevated and enthroned, the slanderer was held in contempt of God's court and was thrown out, never again to appear before God's heavenly presence. When did this war, this expulsion of the devil and his evil host take place? According to chapter 12, verse 5, it happened when the child was snatched up to God and to his throne that is, the ascension of Christ. Apparently, before Christ's victory and the ascension, the devil could at will stand before God and bring accusations against God's saints. In both Job and Zechariah, Satan stands before God's heavenly presence to accuse two of his saints, Job and Joshua the high priest. This war in heaven, in Revelation 12:7 is not the original rebellion of the devil against God, which took place before the fall of Adam and Eve, Genesis 3:1. The war and expulsion described in Revelation 12 happened as a result of Christ's victory and elevation. The conclusion that the expulsion of Satan from heaven here in Revelation 12 is the result of Jesus' ministry of redemption agrees with Jesus' statement at the return of the 72 when he said, I was watching Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Luke 10, 18 Jesus also said, Now the ruler of this world will be thrown out outside, and I, when I am lifted up from the world, will draw all people to myself. John 12, 31-32. to 32. So far, Dr. Brighton. Dr. Brighton tries to bring out the sides, the idealistic side, the praetorist side, but he says, this is where we get going again with the beginning of this time in Revelation. That this casting out of Satan is at the ascension of Jesus. That now Jesus, who sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, interceding for us, There is now no more accusations brought before us. There is no room for the devil anymore in the heavens. Does he try? Absolutely. But again, he has been thrown out. The ruler of this world has been thrown out. And Jesus will draw all people to himself. This is the great war in heaven that happens in Revelation 12. We are getting again into The beginnings of things as we start all over again, starting with Christ's ascension and this victory of Michael and the angels over the dragon and his angels, all the way up back through the end of the world again with the seven bowls of the last plagues, which we will get to in due course. But until then, we look at this as the great victory, the great comfort that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God advocating for us. Advocating that although you and I are sinful human beings, that baptized into his death and resurrection, we are part of him. And God cannot toss us aside because that would also be tossing Jesus aside. That's the great comfort that we have in Christ is that we are in him. We are destined be saved and to spend eternity with him that is the great hope of this life that is the great hope of the book of revelation and that is what we continue to dig deeper into but we are done for this week next week we get into the rest of chapter 12 where we now have the repercussions and the announcement of this war having been won by michael and his angels but until then this is pastor Dugman. Thanking you for being here, digging deeper with me into the scriptures. And may God's richest blessings be upon you as you wrestle with the theologies around you, wanting to take away your hope in Christ. Amen.